D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is still brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. D. Smith, what is up? We haven't, uh, we haven't had a podcast since May 4th. What? May the 4th be with you, Darren. That was the last time we, uh, we had a pod. I wasn't sure that we still had a podcast. I was, I was starting to think that the Unnamed Soccer Podcast was going to become one of those things where somewhere randomly... Years down the road, you would see a sticker on the back of a used car that you're going to be buying for your child, and you'd say, oh, yeah, the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. I remember that. I remember what that was all about. So I'm glad to know, I think, first and foremost, that we still have a podcast. Jordan, how the hell are you? What's new and exciting in your life? Yeah, what, is, what has been going on since May 4th? I mean, somehow, some way, this podcast is going to survive a pandemic. Um, and it will survive me becoming a dad. <laughs> um, a dad. So those are a few things that have happened here in the last couple of months. Um, yeah, I think, I think the podcast will survive it. I'm looking at the most recent one, May 4th, April 1st before that. Based on what I'm looking at, we're still a pretty popular podcast there, and which is fantastic news. Um, good to see those numbers right now for the first time in quite some time. But we're back. Well, I like that. You know, there's an old saying in show business that you always want to keep the audience wanting more. And I think that we have taken that to another level. We have taken that to a level you know, never yet quite hit by this podcast and that hopefully we've kept the audience wanting more. Jordan, on behalf of everybody who is a fan of yours, on behalf of everybody who's listening to this podcast, I don't know if we're going to make our Zoom video available or not, uh, who's a fan of your wife, your better half, Sierra, congratulations on the birth of your first child. As I said on social media, we finally have an heir to the unnamed soccer podcast throne. The poor kid. The poor kid. The only thing I'm going to actually have to give to him as I get older, is, is this stupid podcast. <laughs> He's going to be so disappointed. I can't wait for that day where it's like, really, this is all you were able to muster up all those years that you had to work, and this is what you were able to create? This is your empire, this podcast that you're giving me? Uh, thank you, Darren. I appreciate it. I'm actually getting more sleep than I expected. I don't know if the same can be said for my wife. Um, but, I mean, so far, so good. So far, this whole dad thing's pretty, pretty damn cool. Uh, That's it, huh? You better enjoy this because you sound like you're in a in a really, really good state. And I've met plenty of dads in my life who have had that thousand yard stare when I'd see them and they'd say, Man, this is a lot harder than anybody told me it was gonna be. Even though like they had gone to all the classes and heard all the cautionary tales. So I'm glad things are going well. And the good news is now it seems like it's a pretty good time to be a dad although I don't know what little Luca's sleeping patterns are all about. But as we get set to, uh, to welcome back more and more European soccer, and as more and more soccer is going to become available, it means that you might have now a reason, a real reason, to get on out of bed and take your son, take him in front of some sort of device, and start watching soccer as it returns in all of its glory, not just the Bundesliga. Yeah, June 21st. That will be the first Chelsea match that he is able to watch. Am I just going to force Chelsea on him from the very beginning? You're damn right I am. You're damn freaking right I am. So June 21st, Aston Villa, Chelsea. Uh, not at the bridge, unfortunately. But you're right. That's going to be a Sunday at 8.15 in the morning. 
that seems like it could be a opportunity for me to take Luca out to the couch, watch the game in the living room, and let mom sleep in a little bit because she definitely deserves that. Um, yeah, and I so that would be the first one. Something, like seriously, like, I, I would say, all kidding aside, like that's probably something that as a first-time dad you're probably super excited about is, is you know, doing – even though he's obviously never going to remember it, but, you know, being able to watch your first Chelsea match, you know, it's, it's nothing but firsts, right? Like, I'm sure you're not on your first diaper. No. But <laughs> not, e- not even of the day. But no. I'm sure that, like, part of the thrill of being a first-time dad is that you get to do all of this stuff with your kid for the very first time. Yeah, so watching that will be a lot of fun. I think I'm going to – the memories – I think will be more about like when we go to matches. So like when I get to take him to an SD loyal match, eventually wherever and whenever that might be, we do have some news on that. We're going to talk about in the pod, but uh, yeah, watching, I think these Saturday mornings as dad drinks some coffee and mom's asleep in bed and he's just laying on the couch, figuring out what the heck is going on. I can only see 10 inches away from my face right now. Anyways. Um, I think uh, those will be some fun memories, whether he remembers them or not. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing time for, uh, for you guys to have your first child too. I mean, I, I'm, you've got plenty of years to figure this out, but what were the circumstances dad under which I was born? Well, son, let me tell you, Luca, first and foremost, we had this pandemic that nobody had ever seen. And so we were all locked in our homes for months. Uh, the sports world basically came to a grinding halt. And then right towards the tail end of the pandemic, we had a situation in the country with you know, social unrest and real social change. Like it's, I, I'm sure you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about how it is that you're going to describe the circumstances, uh, the environment of, uh, of 2020 to your, to your now born son, to your, to your little Luca, but Man, you're going to have an amazing story to tell about what life was like in 2020 when it's time to have that conversation, huh? Yeah, so I thought there were actually a lot of positives from this for the, uh, for the actual delivery process. One, as much as I love my entire family, Darren, and you know a lot of my family, as much as I love all of them, especially when they're all together in the same place, um, it was kind of nice not having any guests allowed at the hospital. So that was a huge positive, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> The more Sierra and I talked about it later that evening, because um, Luca was born in the afternoon. He was born at 4.02 p.m. on May 21st. And so by the time we're into the actual room where we're going to be that night, Sierra and I start talking. We're like, you know, it's actually a really nice thing that we didn't have 20, 30 people waiting in a lobby as if it's a viewing party. Like, I, there's obviously positives to having that support and wanting that support right there. But in that moment for us, we were kind of happy that it was just us two. Um, It was definitely different. Um, Like, I guess part of that story you'll tell that I will tell Luca in the future is like, yeah, we all, we all had to wear masks inside the delivery room. Like all of us, including mom, like she had to deliver with a mask on, which I thought was so, so strange. Oh Uh, my God. Did she practice that? Because the breathing thing is, is something that you practice in the lead up to giving birth, right? Listen, man, there's definitely a point. I don't want to get anyone in trouble here, but there's definitely a point where you're like, do we really need to wear these fucking masks right now? <laughs> and those masks came off. But I mean, the plan, the goal was, the plan was to, to wear a mask the entire time. Um, yeah, it was, it's very different. And we made sure we got a few photos um, when we had pregnancy photos taken. 
we made sure to at least have a few photos where we actually are wearing masks just to kind of have that memory. Like my mom came down, my mom met her grandson for the very first time last week. And she, I mean, she, when we talked to the pediatrician on how to set this all up, how do we actually have guests um, come meet him? What does that look like? They give us the breakdown of, well, wherever they're coming from, you need to, you need to be wearing clean clothes. Like don't, don't put on something you wore out and about during the week. Clean clothes, you come directly to the house. And then like when you're holding them, like you're, you're wearing a mask if you're holding them and like looking straight into his face and potentially breathing into his face. Um, and then he's wrapped up in a blanket typically anyway. So it's really strange that like the first photos for my mom and with her grandson, she's wearing a mask the whole time. And that's what those photos will always look like. When they're going to have a million photos together where she's not wearing a mask. But I actually think it's really cool to actually have a few of those. Yeah, how old, I mean, how, how small do they make masks? Well, he doesn't wear one, but my, right, right. my, my I'm, grandma I'm had to. Who knows how long this is going to last? I mean, we right. could be this for a while, even though we're starting to get out of our houses and go to restaurants and get haircuts and things like that. But I wonder, you know, how, how, how old do you have to be to wear a mask? Um, speak, speaking of haircuts, have you had a chance to go out and get a haircut? I went to Sport Clips this week, and it looks like yeah. you did too. Yes. And I was know. curious how it was going to work because you have to wear a mask going in. And then part of the mask, at least the one that I wear, um, it goes over my ears and just like kind of wraps around the back of my ears. And I was wondering, like, when we have to, eventually you have to take it off while you're getting your hair cut because it covers part of your hair. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. And that's good advice because, you know, there are different types of masks where they're the ones that go around your ears and then they're the ones that tie. And then you have, I've been wearing a lot of like the sleeves, you know, that you just sort of pull up and pull down. And uh, the sleeves, not the way to go if you're going to go get your hair cut. Definitely try to go around the ear because it really, it cuts down on the, uh, the, these parts of your head that they can't access. If you do the sleeve thing, then it just gets all fucked up. My stylist told me though, early on, she tried to take uh, uh, the mask off and it went slingshotting off the person's face and fell onto the floor. So uh, yeah, they, they decided now just keep masks on. That's, that's part of the protocol. Just get used to it. And, and we'll be okay throughout all of that. But yes, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a, it's a learning process. There's a learning curve for most of us. Yeah, for all of us. And we're all going to learn together. And we're going to get some advice here on how to go get your hair cut. Because, I mean, it was easy. Once they needed to cut the back of my head, I was able, they wanted me just to hold the mask open. So I was able to open it a little bit just to make sure they got all the, all the hairs cut there. Not just a haircut. You want all the hairs cut, as they say. Yeah. I mean, and then, of course, then we have, you know, this amazing time in American history that really feels... Uh, you know, transformative for, for what's happening. And, you know, I mean, and it's mm -hmm. not just politics. I mean, it's sports, you know, it's, it's, I was really, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the NFL guys on the radio and the NBA guys on the radio, but I've really been drawn by a couple of things. Um, seeing what's going on before some of these Bundesliga matches has been incredible. I don't know how much Bundesliga you've watched overall, but it's hard not to notice Weston McKinney and other players going down to a knee, entire teams, both teams going down to a knee. I mean, our U.S. players, especially our black U.S. players who are playing abroad, DeAndre Yedlin, you know, uh, just a very emotional uh, set of tweets, you know, where he said, a couple of days after George Floyd's death, my grandfather texted me and told me he's glad I'm not living in the U.S., because he would fear for my life as a young black man. As days have passed, this text from my grandfather, 
has not been able to leave my mind. Um, that was amazing. Uh, our, our goalkeeper, I think you and I are both on record with Zach Steffen, who said, uh, if I'm going to be wearing the U.S. flag, I need to know that it stands for something worth defending. I need to know that my country supports black lives, that our leaders see us, that they hear us. I'm proud to defend my nation. All I ask is that my nation defends me. That's like some emotional stuff. Like that's real heavy stuff. And, you know, there've been a lot of times in the past where we've talked about, you know, sports and race and sports and politics. And for a lot of people say like, leave that stuff alone. You know, we're here for the escapism of it. But uh, even in Zach Seffin's case, and he created, he created throughout all of this a charity to help businesses that have been destroyed or burned down by, by people who are rioting. So, you know, you got a lot of time to think about how you're going to address that stuff with Luca as well, but it's, it's certainly part of it. I really think some of the stuff that's being said by the national team guys, you know, Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and, and others, and, and the two I just mentioned there, it's really been profound stuff. I mean, it's, it's been impactful stuff, you know, to, to think about, you know, these guys who, who, you know, even though we're always pissed off at the national team, especially over the last <laughs> five years, you know, even though we are on the men's side, it's like, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You ask us to, to represent the country, like, you know, give us something here, like do something on, on that side. It's, again, I'm glad you got a little bit of time to figure this all out. Hopefully these conversations somewhere down the road, uh, you'll be able to, to tell Luca you know, what it was like watching history in action as we started transforming for the better. Yeah. I mean, it is a wild time to be like in a quarantine pandemic, everything that's happening, being at home with a newborn and then seeing the evolution of the fact that like gone are the days where athletes are only going to focus on what's happening while they're playing the sport that they happen to play. Like that's, that is a thing of the past. Like it doesn't seem like anyone's going to be hesitant anymore to really put out their opinion. And there will always be people that will just want to focus on sports and they're going to focus on what they, they do for a team. But it seems like that, that's a, that's very much a thing of the past. And to see a lot of these guys try to come together and voice what has been on their mind and maybe not everyone has been listening as much as people are listening right now. Um, the impact that they're having, it's, it is incredible. Like I, I admittedly, I don't get to consume it as much as others are consuming everything that's happening right now because my world is with a newborn. Um, but as much time as I get to see, it's the, just the reaction and how, pe how so many people have been able to come together and share just a very single common message. Um, it's clearly been impactful. And it's exciting to kind of see how it will continue to impact not just sports, but the world going forward. Yeah, and, and, you know, it made me proud. You know, like I said, because we've, we've certainly taken our turn shitting on the national team over the last few years, and we're not alone. But, it, you know, it, it gave me, uh, you know, it gave me a, a sense of pride that some of our players are so thoughtful, you know, that our players are, are uh, not only speaking eloquently on the subject and being open and being honest, but also in Zach Steffen's case, like I said, doing something about it. I mean, that's, you know, that's tremendous. So, so good for those guys. Overall, have you been watching Bundesliga? So I've been watching some, a uh, few of my friends and I have a joke going that we're all Dortmund fans right now. We've just decided to really support Dortmund because it was the first league to come back. We needed a team to support 
and none of us were going to go with Munich. So we're jokingly supporting Dortmund. And so we feel together like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Dortmund's going to come up short. We thought they had a chance to win the title and yeah. it's going to be Munich. Um, I haven't watched a lot of matches. I've been able to watch some here or there. Um, Luke and I actually did watch a Bundesliga match. Um, we'll pretend that didn't happen. We'll pretend his first match was a Chelsea match in a couple of months. Um, <laughs> but we did watch a Bundesliga match together. I've, that's how. That's the little that I've consumed. I'm definitely excited that the Prem's coming back. Um, the empty stadiums, the crowd noise. I know that's been a huge, huge yeah. talking point. That's what I was um, going to ask because that first weekend, you know, they didn't do anything. They just here it is. This is the raw feed, and Ian Dark is on the call. And then from his saw, living room. Yeah, uh, that was amazing. And then uh, my club, since you guys all gravitated towards uh, Dortmund, as I went with uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Ah. Um, they started doing uh, something that was amazing where they, they were selling cardboard cutouts you know, of your likeness. So you, know, you could have, for $20, which would have gone to a local charity, um, you could have had your image on a cardboard cutout, so it made it look like it was less empty. But overall, I don't know, are you a fan of, of what to do with the broadcast? Sound, no sound? CGI is, is apparently on the table for some of these leagues as well? All right, so I don't feel like I have experienced enough matches yet with this artificial crowd noise. Um, I've seen that in other sports like the NBA, they're considering using just the crowd noise that they use in NBA 2K, the video game. That's, that is very fascinating to me. Um, my big concern, and maybe you can tell me if this has been an issue because I just haven't seen it or experienced it yet, the artificial crowd noise, does it actually match up with what's happening on the field? Like, is it, will there, if a, I mean, obviously the thing you want, you, the first thing you think about is a goal being scored does it sound like how the crowd would actually react to that? But there's also a lot of nuance to the sport. So it's, it has to make sense more than just the goal moments. It needs to make sense throughout and the nuance parts and the passes and the little waves of this game. It seems like it'd be really difficult to actually match up an artificial crowd with what's actually happening on the field. seems like okay. a very difficult task. Yeah, so a couple things. Number one, uh, I, I watched the first weekend back. Right, like out of out of old habit, I got up early. I got out of the sack and rolled up to the couch. I got up. I think the first match was like six thirty on a Saturday, so I got up and it was it was just raw. And then um, the next match that I can remember, and then I you know I watched a handful of matches that week, and then I I remember tuning into the uh, the Borussia Dortmund Bayern Munich match. And that was the first time that they started piping in crowd noise. Now, apparently, it's up to the, the broadcast carrier if they want to do it. So you're not forced into it. So since the Bundesliga is on like 200 different countries, it's up to, in the U.S., it's up to Fox. It's available. If you want it, you can have it. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. Uh, and it was distracting. It was really, really distracting. Let me say, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I, I know tuning in that there's nobody in the stands. So I don't know who we're trying to fool with this. And plus, I think crowd noise by and large is, is impactful for players. You know what I mean? Like there have been studies that have shown like in baseball that, you know, uh, a really raucous crowd will add a couple of miles per hour to a fastball or, you know, things along those lines. So, you know, the impact of a crowd isn't on somebody sitting on a couch. It's for the people who are actually playing 
in the match or the people who are inside of the grounds. So I'm not a fan. I know why I'm tuning in. I don't need it manufactured. That said, whoever was in charge of it was pretty good. <laughs> because to your point, it wasn't like just, okay, push play and we've got 90 minutes of audio. Uh, now, Dortmund did nothing, and that was played at Dortmund. But you know, when there would be a, a hard tackle, you, know, you could hear a little bit of, of the consternation. <laughs> Uh, when you would hear a shot, you'd hear like a ooh. So there was the din of general noise. And then somebody must have had a keyboard, probably similar to the equipment that, that I have, where, you know, you have certain sound effects and you could play like oohs, ahs, boos, whistling. There was some whistling when a, uh, a Bayern player would go hard tackling in. Uh, applause for players being subbed on, subbed off, things of that nature. Referee made a call. There'd be some whistling. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was somebody who was doing it in real time. And I actually thought the person who was doing it was quite good. Um, it's, it's likely that you, you will make a mistake at some point. But, <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I actually thought that the, the, the talent of the person who was operating all the different sound effects was pretty good. That said, I hate it. Okay, the way you described it makes me not want it. <laughs> um, um, it seems like it, it's almost like a soundboard, like someone's playing, yeah. playing a lot. Like it's almost like me back in the day playing the Martha What's Going On soundbite. Yeah. I'm just like playing these random sound effects as you're right. actually doing a show. Um, that, sounds, that sounds strange to me. Now, can you, <laughs> who gets the, how do you choose who's actually playing these sound effects? Because like if you have a Tottenham fan, who's like in charge of an Arsenal Chelsea match or something, there's not going to be like any cheering. It's just going to be a lot of booing and whistling the entire yeah. time. Yeah, I, wonder I don't have can... the answer to that. I think <laughs> that we're uh, setting ourselves up for some, some, some high comedy here at some point because that's going to happen where the wrong person is going to be at the switch and we're going to see an image of Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Somebody's going to play a crybaby sound or something. Right. Yeah, they're going to they're going to start playing like true laughter like it's a laugh track on a television right. show and all of a sudden we're just going to be like what is this? What's happening? That's I think I'm against it. Why I guess I, I think, understand you know, like the I reason. Said, like, I was like, who are you trying to trick with this? Like, I know there's no but I knew part of the agreement for me tuning in was I knew that there was not going to be a crowd there. And I still tuned in, so you don't have to try to fool me now. And it's not the first time that we've watched soccer matches without fans. We've seen this happen before. We've seen it in several different countries where fans have not been allowed inside of a match for whatever reason. Um, and with that, they don't, I, at least I don't remember any of those broadcasts having artificial crowd noise. I, I just remember those being, I remember actually getting really, seeing really good footage and really good content from the clubs because you can hear everything that the players are actually saying on the pitch, which was kind of cool. Like I remember... I think it was Barcelona must have played in front of an empty stadium for whatever reason the last couple of years. Cause I remember just like actually thinking it was so cool to hear what Lionel Messi was saying to his teammates. And, and you, you can hear him chirp here or there. Occasionally they get a pretty good uh, mic on them when there's crowd. But I just remember the content being so good when it was so quiet, you can hear everything from the passes to the, the missed shots, the main shots, everything that happened in between. I, I remember there being some really cool opportunity there. So. Yeah, same. And, and I sort of like the sound. I mean, it just sounds different. It sounds a hell of a lot different to hear, um, you know, Lionel Messi take a shot, hit a ball, kick a soccer ball in an empty stadium than it does when you and I do it during the soccer celebrity match. 
you know, <laughs> drunkenly. It's a little bit different of a sound, and I'd gotten used to it. I mean, I, I don't stay up late on Saturdays and watch Saturday Night Live anymore, but, you know, I, I've, I've seen enough of, of Stephen Colbert or uh, you know, John Oliver or, you know, Saturday Night Live to know at first you're like, oh, that's kind of awkward. But nobody ever said, well, let's put a laugh track in. You know, they said, let's just get used to this because the crowds aren't there and it's not normal. And from that standpoint, I sort of gotten used to it. There was like intrigue. And then it was, okay, now I'm used to this. And then it took me like 15 minutes of that match between Bayern and Dortmund before I actually got used to it. I was like, what are they doing? Where is this coming from? What, what happened here? And they didn't tell the announcers, which was the amazing thing about that first match, is they didn't because Ian Dark's like, oh, it's so eerie in the stadium. You know, you can hear everything. You're like, I'm pretty sure it was Ian Dark. It's like, no, no, like they're piping in noise. Nobody told the broadcasters, come on, you got to help these guys out a little bit. So I don't know, man, we'll see. We got La Liga picking up on Thursday with the, uh, the Sevilla Derby. And then uh, we get the Premier League coming up next week. I haven't seen anything officially from La Liga or from the Premier League as to what they plan on doing on that front. Um, I believe, I think Arlo has tweeted about this. I don't, I'm not going to go scrolling through his Twitter right now, but I think I saw a tweet from Arlo White. Um, I don't know if it indicated what NBC's plan was. It may have just been something like you were saying, they'll have the option. Um, but I think well, he I hope made... they tell Arlo because they didn't tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, please, please let Arlo know. Ian Dark, he's like, oh, it's so quiet. You can hear everything. You can hear the different languages that are speaking. Oh. <laughs> You're like, no, actually, Ian, we can't. We can hear this, this canned noise coming from somewhere. So the first Prem games that we get are actually going to be on June 17th. We're recording on a Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be a week from tomorrow's when we get the first Prem matches. And you're not going to have to wait very long to get some really impactful matches, um, some good ones. I mean, Man City Arsenal is one of the first matches out of the gate. So they'll definitely – they have an attention-grabbing lead, Darren, with this schedule. Tottenham-Manchester United just two days later. It, it's – it's not as – how staggered is it? You get Wednesday matches, Friday matches, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then, yeah, it's – I mean, you're getting a match pretty much every single day of the week. That's uh, – Yeah. I did the math on this. Uh, from June 17th until July 2nd, which is all they've announced, 32 matches. There's only three days out of the 15 where there are no matches. There's uh, that oh, first wow. Thursday. So you get the opener, Aston Villa and Sheffield United. That's a Wednesday. Then you get off Thursday um, and then a couple of Fridays, but that's it. And you're going to compress three weeks into 15 days. And we're not going to crown any type of European champion. We're just going domestic here. You know what that means? That means Chelsea are European champions, Europa champions, but still European champions for another year. What do you think about that? Uh, it's, it's a great time to be a Chelsea supporter. You can tell <laughs> Luca about how uh, when he was born, the reigning Europa League champs, yes. Chelsea Football Club, went <laughs> on a, a two-year stretch where they held the trophy. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're not playing – have they already said that? They've announced that there won't be a Champions League? I don't know if they've announced that officially, but I don't know if you don't have a plan yet. How I don't understand how you're actually going to work that in. Plus, what are you going to do with the French League? <laughs> I mean, they sort of punted. Yeah, they're done. They're That's a wrap. I wonder yeah. how they feel today seeing all these other leagues starting to pick back up. 
there was I. It was always going to be so difficult for the champ for Champions League for UEFA to throw together their tournaments. If any tournament was going to get done, if you were going to conclude anything, it was just going to be your domestic season. Yeah. That was going to be the easiest and most important for yeah. all of these clubs. And then, and only then, would you have the opportunity to try to bring in select clubs from all across the continent and then try yeah. to do tournaments. It just seemed like that was such an imp- it was a huge ask. I, I saw that they said. Um that they would definitely not if there if there is a final it's not going to be in Istanbul. Hmm. God, so, how do you even get to that final? It's going it's yeah. I'm curious if they are able to continue it and clearly there's a lot of money on the line so wouldn't be shocked if they find a way to actually um finish it but I don't I don't know what it looks like or how serious people take it. Like do you, yeah. do you think anything less of it? Like I think about it in the NBA as a Laker fan. I kind of feel like the Lakers are the only team that could win it. And people will, will say like, ah, it's, it was that season. It really didn't count. That was that weird season. I feel like if any other team kind of won it though, maybe we wouldn't have the same conversation. Like if the Bucks win it this year or the Clippers win it, it's going to be like a really nice feel good story. I don't think the Lakers get that treatment. I don't See, know. I, how would think the opposite, though. I would think if it's the Clippers, you're going to say that about them because they wouldn't have a home court advantage Anyway, if they face the Lakers. So if they get through the Lakers, it's because you're playing on a neutral court somewhere. I, I mean, Lakers were still the top seed in the West. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bucks. you know, listen, people will believe that the Bucks. they've been knocking on the door with Giannis. But I, I think the Clippers are actually the, the team that most would say, wait a second now. I mean, you guys, if you had to get through the Lakers anyway, you'd have to do it seven times in a building where you'd be yelled at, even though you had home court. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think somebody's always going to figure out a way to try to throw a rocket you if you end up on top of the pedestal. But for sure, know, a bunch of bullshit. I, yeah, I mean, that's that is a mindset for sure. Um, and that Clippers, a Clippers championship with Kawhi Leonard and like this new team together, and going through the adversity that they went through to get to like all of this. Like, I could that that would be celebrated big time. I just feel like there would be more hatred towards the Lakers. How does that apply to like soccer though? I guess, I mean, we know what's going to happen in England. I mean, Poole's going to win. I don't, I don't think anything less of their... What a relief for Liverpool fans, huh? Yeah. Can you imagine how shitty that must have been, like, hearing that you might have a vacated season? And I know they're not even out of the woods yet because, you know, one swing of, of positive cases and, and everything's off the table. But right. can you imagine waiting 30 years and then this is the year where a pandemic hits? I mean, you got to sit in limbo, realizing that there are more important things. But people who have waited their entire lives to see Liverpool win a Premier League title and then have, well, I don't know, clubs at the bottom of the table saying, I think we should just scuttle the whole season. I mean, that must yeah, be something you work, else. you work towards the moment of celebrating at Anfield. That's what they want. They want the moment at Anfield lifting the trophy with the confetti and everything going off. That's, that's the moment that they have earned. Um, and it looks like, and barring the season just falling apart, um, that's the moment they'll get. But I don't take anything less. I don't think it's nah. – I don't, I don't view it as any less just because of the way the season played out. No, I, I think it's – you know, in soccer, I, don't, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a little um, – I think it'll be a little different in some of the North American sports, like some of the U.S. sports. If some team that wouldn't have made the postseason goes on a run, like in hockey, they're letting almost everybody into the postseason. But, you know, that's hockey. 
And then, you know, what you're going to do with MLS in their tournament style, apparently you know, you're going to have CONCACAF Champions League bids on the line to whoever it is that wins. So I don't know. I mean, I think you sort of just got to roll with it all. I don't know how you're going to figure out the Champions League stuff, though, because playing at home is such a big deal. Yeah, that's so impactful. That's, that's a huge advantage, especially in this sport. I mean, look and, at Barca. Barca, you know, can't play a, a lick outside of camp now. So, like, you know, that's where they've fallen apart at Anfield and at Roma the year before. So, I mean, wilting in those situations, it's a totally, totally different experience, you would think, since they've just you know, completely melted under the lights of, of playing away. Yeah. Our version of the uh, FA Cup here in the States, the U.S. Open Cup, um, we knew that's, that has been done. That's been taken off the schedule. Um, we'll have to wait till 2021 for SD Loyal to make a run in that tournament that we expect them to make quite a nice run in next year. Um, kind of unfortunate because they had some pretty cool matchups early on, potential matchups that were about to be played. Ugh, so disappointing that didn't happen. Um, but they'll get their chance in 2021. It's going to obviously you don't get that tournament, but at least we do get the news with SD Loyal that they're coming back the league. All the clubs have voted and they have approved to actually return um, and play a shortened season. And I, I don't know if every club was on board with this idea. I get the sense that maybe not every single club was on board with this, but I think every club has been impacted differently um, from all of this as well. But at least we have the news that SD Loyal and the league itself, at least the plan is to return uh, in July, early July. Yeah, I, I'm still awaiting details uh, for anybody who – I think we're, we're talking to Warren Smith on Kogo on Wednesday night. I don't know what details he'll have. I'm not even sure that they have a, a signed deal with the Players Association, at least as of the time of this recording, but they've been back in training – all signs point towards a return. Will it be every club that returns? I'm not sure. I know there's been some talk about doing a pod system. Uh, I think San Diego even had been mentioned as a site for many USL clubs to come and play either at the training center or play at USD or, or sort of just figure it out the way Orlando is being used for the NBA and for Major League Soccer. That didn't happen. So, yeah, some, some details still to, to be determined here. They got a little bit more than a month from when you and I are recording here. It's the 9th of June. But to see what it looks like, and this has been a nice stretch for them, top of the table for San Diego Loyal. <laughs> uh, they still have a local television deal as far as I know. They still have the ESPN Plus deal as far as I know. Um, I don't think we're, we're yet in a position, I think, in the county of San Diego, it's been approved that you can have sporting events without fans. I would say it's, it's a long shot that that'll be changed by July 11th, but uh, I don't know what the odds would be from July 11th through the end of the regular season because I, you know, who knows how many games they're being played. I, I really haven't seen a lot of details on that other than, you know, hey, July 11th, sort of the day, looks like a deal is going to be in place. And um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's basically all the details we have. July 11th is your return date. And then part of the story is competition format, scheduling, broadcast, and other important details are going to be made available in the coming weeks. Um, so, I mean, there's, 
there are some major important details to to announce and to figure out. Um, and here we are; they have a month to do it, so that's their time. But we we have felt the uh, the deadlines before. We after announcing the team name for SD Loyal, announcing the jerseys, and getting all that done right before the season. Um, it's not the first time they've been pressed up against the deadline, but this is a different different animal completely. This is the entire league trying to come back July 11th, but still a lot of details. Yeah. What will it look like? Will fans be there? Where will they play that type of stuff? Like there's, there's a lot of questions that come in with this. Um, and hopefully we get some answers to those questions here in, in the coming weeks. Cause we're four or five weeks away from return of action. Yep. And again, and they're not doing an MLS style thing. It doesn't sound like where you're going to play some sort of world cup tournament you know, group stages and knockout stages and things like that. It, I mean, it sounds like there's going to be some resumption of league play. So I'm sure we'll, we'll find out before too long what it's going to look like. I'm yeah. just happy to know that it's, it's back in some capacity. I mean, again, I don't know that you and I will, will be doing what we were doing for that first match or with some of the stuff that we had planned for, for the inaugural season. But, you know, it's probably uh, – we don't Probably even know the most important part of the equation. Yeah, we don't even know if the state will let us in the house. Are we even allowed in the arena or in the in the stadium? I don't know. I mean, and if we are as media, do we have to undergo one of those uh, awful looking diagnostic tests? Um, <laughs> did you have one of those? No, but my wife did. But oh. it, it wasn't as bad as so. My dad is my dad recently had pretty pretty major surgery, um, and they gave him a test and they did the one where you actually like you're talking about the COVID test right we're on the same yeah thing. like where they stick the thing all yeah the so my dad had the one where he actually he has to go in and they like what pull out part of his brain that's essentially what they're doing um he did that one he did not enjoy it <laughs> um my wife sierra was given a test um during the labor pro not during i don't know if during is leading up to um but they wanted to make sure she was good for delivery and uh, she had what was one where they just kind of like swab it around. Like it's not nearly as invasive as the one my dad had to go through um, before his surgery. But yeah. Well, if they they, say that either the, way, they don't look fun. If they say the Unnamed Soccer Podcast can return to broadcast do that. <laughs> some capacity during SD Loyal matches on July 11th, but you have to have one of those diagnostic tests, what are you going to do? Like every game? If we do that every single game – they're, I mean, I'm going to be out of brain. They're going to pluck out my entire brain by the end of the season, Darren. We can't have that. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be a huge question for me. How about you? I have to give a thought. Yeah, I, I'm I would not think about it. Yes, I will tell you that. We talked about going back and covering Padre games if baseball comes back. I said, if I have to have one of those tests, you can forget it. I, I'd rather like I hardly showed up before. You think I'm going to show up after doing that test? I'm going to have uh, somebody from the Padres stick a 10 inch Q-tip up my nose. No, when we go to the doctor's appointments that we have for Luca, they're just they're giving us thermometer checks. One that just kind of yeah. they don't even touch your forehead. They're just yeah. I had one of those in a local business here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know those uh, existed. I didn't know you could yeah, take your temperature without anything touching you. Just a quick zap and then boom, boom, Sit down. you're out of there. So, I mean, I think we're making progress. I think we're getting closer. At least it feels like maybe we're getting closer. But How about this, by the way? I mean, I mentioned that La Liga because we were doing how many matches you're going to get from the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, Barca, or excuse me, La Liga is going to play every day starting Thursday, June 11th. They're going to play every day until July 19th. Every single day there's going to be a match in Spain. At least one. 
Will BN carry all of those? I think. I mean, you have to. What else are you carrying if you're being sports right now? There's Seriously, no sports. I mean, you got to make up for lost time. Yeah. So they're going to play. They're going to try to cram every single match in to however many days that is, 38, 39, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, the only thing they won't play is the Copa del Rey, which is the, the domestic cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to wait both uh, uh, Athletic Bilbao and Real Sociedad, the two Basque clubs, said that they were going to wait because it's such a special thing for Basque country. They were going to wait until fans were allowed back in, and then they'll play that cup final, right. which I think is awesome. I think it's fucking great. But, uh, you know, that's just like the uniqueness of Spain and the autonomous communities. You know, it'd be like two London clubs saying, hey, listen, this is, this is a London cup final. We're not going to play it until we can have Londoners attend the match. That's what's happening with, uh, with the two Basque clubs, with Bilbao and, and with Real Sociedad. So I think that's pretty cool. But every single day, so now we're going to have – Bundesliga, which has or hasn't caught people's or grabbed people's attention. Premier League coming up on the 17th and, and Spain every single day. So now we're I'm back picturing- in USL in July. Yeah, I'm picturing those packed stadiums. Whenever fans are allowed to get back in, how loud they're going to be. How much we're going to miss just the, the buzz of a stadium. And when we're actually able, whenever that time is, and that's very debatable. Whenever that moment is, it's... I've, it's going to be special to hear that buzz once again, especially in this sport. Especially uh, well, in sport. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of it. I mean, I love the match. I mean, I love the, the you know, who doesn't love watching, you know, Erlen Harlan from Dortmund or, or whomever. But, you know, part of it is also the, the community and, and how special that is in soccer. I will say one thing I didn't know about the Bundesliga that I've, I've grown to appreciate is their ownership structure. You know, how the fans – own most of the clubs, you know, like that's a really unique thing. It's like the green Bay Packers, but all across the Bundesliga, you know, that you don't, they want to prevent, sorry, but they want to prevent, you know, foreign uh, oligarch types and, and, uh, you know, uh, billionaires from the U S coming in there and, and buying up the clubs and just turning it into ATM machines. Pretty cool thing about the, the German soccer league. I don't know that I'm going to be uh watching a ton of it in my life, but I've at least grown and learned a little bit about it and appreciated it. So that's yeah. good. And you never have to worry that like Bayern Munich's going to move to Frankfurt or anything like right. that. Like that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? I feel like, uh, I feel like we have some things to start to discuss again. It's going to be really nice once we actually, I mean, we're, we're days away from our leagues picking back up. That's going to be special. Empty yeah. stadiums or not, that's going to be special. Yeah. Yeah. I got an HOA meeting in 15 minutes. Yeah. Are you, uh, do you have to if zoom you had in? a child? I joined the, uh, I got elected to my HOA board. You got elected. What's your official title? I am the secretary. You're the secretary. <laughs> you were hesitant to say that. So do you guys, uh, are you zoom calling? How does this work? We have a, a zoom call because, uh, here in San Diego, where we broadcast from since this is a global podcast. Correct. We are uh, allowed to open gyms, like exercise gyms, coming up on Friday. So we have to have a meeting with the board to determine how we're going to handle our gym that's on property and uh, what sort of protocols we need to put into place since we know we can't just let everybody in as they please. So 
Do we think that maybe this will be a positive step for gyms where maybe before we weren't always inclined to actually clean up after our sweaty selves with a lot of this equipment? Maybe this is an opportunity to clean things up for the foreseeable future in these little, little moments. That, uh, that is certainly something that I think I'm going to write down and steal and present as my own during the board meeting <laughs> coming up here via Zoom. Uh, we also have to come up with sign-in sheets. And, and hey, how about no dilly-dallying? You know, this isn't Ooh. a place for phone calls. Ooh. This isn't a place for televisions. Get in, do your shit, get out. No TVs? Why are you taking away televisions? You have three televisions in your living room. You're taking away TVs in the gym? I cut the cord, did I tell you? No. I what cut do you mean you only have two? At the beginning of the pandemic, I cut the cord. So uh, I went with YouTube TV. Oh, my God. I'm so unaware of all of this. Okay. So I'm YouTube TV on the main TV. Now you can, since we're Zooming, mm -hmm. I can show you that there's still the three of them. Right. But, what do you do uh, with the third I, then? Well, the second and the third have been unplugged for three months. Yeah. What a, what, what's the point? And YouTube TV allows you to stream like on six different devices. So if you want yeah, But those aren't smart TVs. Uh, you'd have to. Well, you can. There's ways around that. How? Can't you download? I have the U, uh, unless they've taken it off. The YouTube TV app was on like a Roku, uh, not a Roku, my Fire Stick. But then I got to get two Fire Sticks. Yeah. They're like 25 bucks though. They're not bad. I could, or I can just go out and find a good deal on two smart TVs and ah, see thinking bigger. I like it. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't had the three There's been no reason to have them on. Right. So no, no televisions in the gym. I'm just thinking like, it's gotta be a sanitary thing is the, the big concern, right? Like clean up after yourself, like wipe, wipe your station down after you sit on it with your butt sweat. Santa <laughs> sanitary and social distancing. Like we sort of got to figure out a way to spread out the treadmills and the ellipticals and the exercise bikes and things like that. How about yoga? Are we still doing yoga? We are doing yoga every day in the house. In the house. So that's just yeah. domesticated yourself for yoga. Yeah, we've gone the opposite direction. People have talked about gaining weight and, and uh, certainly I'm not trying to be a, a douche about this. We've like lost weight. Good. Good for yeah, you. we got dressed for the first time. We went to a restaurant, uh, made a reservation, went to a restaurant this past weekend, and we both put our clothes on. are like, oh, they like, don't fit anymore. Huh. So, yeah, I've dropped like 10 pounds. Have you become a better cook? We've become better cooks. We've, uh, we've started introducing a new theme once per week. Now, you know Fridays is our uh, red wine, red meat Friday. Right. Uh, we are doing meatless Mondays. Okay, I like that. So we're going plant-based, veggie-based meals okay. one day per week to see if we like it. We're on week three of that. I love these themes. My dad had these themes as I was a kid. You know yeah. what our Thursdays were? Turkey. Well, turkey burger Thursdays. That's what we had. Turkey burger. Okay. I like turkey burgers. A good turkey burger is tasting good off the grill. Absolutely. Absolutely. So solid. So yeah, we've, uh, we've become better cooks. We've tried some stuff. We... We sort of spread out our drinking a little bit. We don't like, you know, go binge drinking anymore. We just sort of just uh, spread it out over the week and glass of wine here, glass of wine there. Mm -hmm. And all good, man. Nice. Yeah, yoga every day. And, you know, like I said, it's, we've figured out a way to try to make the most of it. You know, we're very fortunate. We both can work from home. Right. Me and my wife, you can, your wife can, even though you've had other things going on. So 
What can you do? You have no choice but to try to make the most out of it. Otherwise, you go crazy. Are you guys expected to go back to the studios at iHeart anytime soon, or what's the feel on that? Nobody has said a word to us about it. So just keep, keep doing your thing. Yep, 50, 55 shows and counting. Wow. It's a whole new world, Darren. It's a whole new world. You're never going back. All right, have fun at your HOA meeting, Secretary yeah. Darren. Secretary, yes. We've got a president, a vice president. Well, the job I didn't want was treasurer. Oh, so much counting. Math, brutal. Tapped out. No yeah. thanks. I'm out. So that's, there's four, president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer? Yeah. Man. Do we have some pretty good characters on this HOA? Yeah. Like, could you make a TV show about this HOA, HOA group? I don't know about that. Okay. I don't know that any not of like us parks and rec or anything. Yeah, not yet. It's, but it's a little early. I mean, I've, you know, I've only been on about a month. Ooh. All right. So you have yet to really leave your mark. You're saying. Correct. Got it. Well, best of luck today. Take Thank away, you. take away those televisions, Darren. I will. I say, hey, no dilly dallying. That's not the gym, man. You can't hang out anymore. You got to get in. And you got to get out. You know. Plus, we don't want people touching remote controls and things like that. You know, that is the most disgusting part of hotel rooms, they say, is the yeah. remote control. There's Which more... is saying something about a hotel room. Yeah, think about that. You go to Vegas, and the most disgusting thing in that room is the remote control. Ugh, imagine where it's been.